and I am so excited for this podcast. So am I. This is going to be a good one. Oh my gosh. I can't. I was literally like giddy when I was thinking about this. <laughs> brother. Yeah. I'm well, speaking of brother. Yeah. We're, this is, we're going to have some special guest stars today. Yes. I would almost call it a panel discussion. Oh, I, how, how many people need to be involved for it to be a panel? <laughs> is there a, is there a number where it becomes a panel? Yes. Well, there'll be four of us, you and I, and we each have a guest because we're going to be talking about movies we saw when we were young that we should not have seen at the age we saw them. Yeah. Yeah. The things that I was going to say in hindsight, but not even in hindsight, like in real time, <laughs> I think we were like, well, this is completely inappropriate. Rewind and let's watch again. is That's Outrageous, and I'm Chrissy. And I'm Anne. And this is the podcast. Check this out, everybody. We're, cha- we're going to try to try to have a, a new line. So basically, this is the show where we're going we're gonna to talk about stuff you may have missed or things that are underappreciated, be it in news or life or pop culture or what have you. Yeah. So it's, it's stuff under the radar, which is completely outrageous. Completely outrageous. And so many times, well, yes. And a lot of times very fun things that, you know, the news doesn't cover the little stories. Yeah. These are not, the, this is not headlines. No. These are, these are the, the gems you may, you may have missed you below have the missed. fold. That's right. Including a Patrick Muldoon movie from 1999. Oh, especially Patrick. Mulder. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, if talk about underappreciated. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. Um, all right. Well, then on that note, we are going to start with a story. You know, and the longer we do this, I know I say this a lot. There's, there's themes that run throughout. There's a lot the, the universe or the news cycle? Just a lot, like the, the news, the news itself. You, you start to see these little known stories. So, so here's one. I swear this must be the, like, at least the third, at least, at least the third story we've done about someone hiding <laughs> in a public place for a long amount of time. Yeah. We I had the guy I... who hid on the Disney Island. Yeah. I love that guy. We had the guy who hid in the drop ceiling of the supermarket in yeah, Nevada. That's, that's terrifying. Yeah. Now this guy has been hiding in the Chicago airport for three months. I don't know. How do they, how does that even happen? Because I mean, airports are, I assume, pretty secure in terms of cameras and tracking yeah. people, especially a huge airport. Which one? O'Hare? O'Hare. I yes. mean, that's a major hub. It is. It is. Well, get this one. A California man was arrested and accused of hiding in a restricted area. Oh my God. He wasn't even in like the normal food court? No. How he got into a restricted area is in question number one. Um, He's been hiding there for three months. The man told police that COVID had rendered him too scared to travel home to California. So he hid in the airport, surviving on food provided by strangers. So he was panhandling in the airport? He was panhandling in the airport. Also, if you're too afraid to get on a flight, why don't you just go back to wherever, like he must've been 
he got he went to Chicago for a reason. Why does he then decide to stay in the airport? Couldn't he just go back to wherever he was in Chicago? Maybe he didn't have any money to to like rent a car or yeah yeah. Uh, I mean, it sounds like he didn't have any money if he's if he was having to get you know food from strangers. That's true. He's panhandling in O'Hare for three months. Well, United Airlines staff spotted thirty six year old Aditya Singh and requested identification. They said he removed his mask and presented a badge which belonged to an airport operations manager who had reported it missing last October. Oh, wow. He faces felony charges of criminal trespass in a restricted area of an airport as well as misdemeanor theft charges. Um, the judge set bail at $1,000 and she said if he came up with the money, he would be prohibited from returning to the airport. So let's see, he has to come up with money he doesn't have and he still can't even leave the airport? I'd be like, I'm not paying that. No, no, he can't go back to the airport. Oh, well, he I, go back to the I, I don't, I, I, I feel bad for this guy. It's not his fault. He, I mean, besides being in the restricted area, he's really not doing anything wrong. I guess he must have stolen some stuff too, but that must have just been part of his need to survive in the airport for three months. Isn't, wasn't that a Tom Hanks movie where he was in, like living in an airport? I think it was, Anne. Yeah, I think but it was. I feel Anne. like he, it was like his, the country he was from didn't exist, something like that, but he did live in the airport. Yes, that, yeah, that was like a legal issue, I believe. Like he couldn't go back. Well, my hat is tipped to this guy that he was able to pull this off for three solid months. Three I mean, months. if anything, they should hire him to be like. <laughs> That's true. To, to work security at the airport because he knows the ins and outs and how to get around it why are they why are they why are they getting arrested be like you know what you shouldn't have done that however teach us your yeah teach us your ways yeah i also wonder let me say i had to one time sleep in o'hare airport not by choice it's not comfortable i'm wondering like where this man even slept that no one saw him for three months yeah like where where were where were his spots he must have just moved around yeah, he must have. He had. To I mean, keep... living in an airport in Chicago is certainly better than living on the streets of Chicago in the, in winter. That's for sure. Oh, 100 percent. He's got heat and everything. Yeah, I don't mean I don't know what his backstory is, but I'm on this guy's side. He didn't bother anybody, right? He wasn't like no stealing or menacing anyone. I mean, he was just living his life in the airport, man. I guess so. times well, are tough. Can't wait to get out of the airport. This guy is living in it. Yeah, times are tough, man. I say, I say, good for you. I just kind of wonder if he was too afraid to get on the plane. I don't even know why he ever went to the airport. But. Maybe that was his, he used as his excuse, but really he had said nowhere else to go. So he, although to get through into the airport part, you need to have yeah. a ticket, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't just go in, you need to have a ticket. Yeah, you have to go through security. So he 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 got that far and then got cold feet and decided to stay in the airport for three months? I don't Maybe know. He had some kind of like anxiety attack or something that lasted a long time. Yeah. Either I, way, sell your rights, sir, and you'll make some money because somebody will make a movie out of this one. That's right. Starring Tom Hanks himself. Tom Hanks, <laughs> part two. Part two. <laughs> back, back to the airport. That's right. Whatever that movie was called to back to the airport <laughs> um and there's other people who are hiding as well and there was a florida boy 
Oh, now, I don't know why he did this either, but a Florida boy attempted to hide in a trash can. Oh. And this almost was a very tragic story because the trash can was picked up by the garbage truck. Oh, no. And luckily, the garbage man saw the boy before they turned it on because that the, they this yeah. was like the truck where the blades actually like chopped stuff up oh my god that is so scary yeah and he so the boy who was seven i was gonna say how old seven seems a little too old to be hiding in a trash can but i'll i'll go with it yes he said he said this might be the end for me he said i was thinking this might be the end for me oh. i almost thought i was gonna be a mashed potato oh but this uh driver named waldo <laughs> Waldo, spot where's waldo spotted the boy in the truck surveillance camera and rushed to turn the choppers off oh my god thank god for waldo yeah and he's saying this is the truck driver he's saying it was a bad day for me i was scared but he called uh he stopped in time he called 911 um and the and the kid only suffered a minor cut and then they say and perhaps the beginning of a lifelong aversion to a certain household item i don't like trash cans anymore he says whoever does like trash cans yeah i don't i don't know trash cans are gross yeah it's clearly the seven-year-old is not thinking straight oh well i'm glad he's okay but that does make you wonder i mean the things that people throw away in the trash can and then get chopped up. I mean, there's probably body part. I mean, you know it. Body <laughs> parts. Galore. I don't know about that, Anne. I get, I don't know. Not if it's wrapped up. Not if it's wrapped up good in a in well, a bag. Yes. If it's wrapped up, that's a different story. I don't think you're you're probing into every black. Yeah, no one's bag. like, what's in that old navy shopping bag? Yeah, no. Oh. You just you just go with it they don't have time for that they have a lot of garbage pickup this is very dark very oh, dark just look i'm just telling you what's happening all right well for our last story i'm gonna lighten it up with a story <laughs> that's so sweet because i have to have an animal story oh boy this one's about penguins oh i love penguins i love penguins and so there's this whole thing about penguins and valentine's day i actually saw several stories about this but this is one um Penguins made a love connection at a San Francisco aquarium. Oh, wait, don't penguins mate for life or is it penguins? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and it, in what has become an annual Valentine's tradition, biologists handed out red felt hearts to African penguins at the California Academy of Sciences. The birds grabbed the hearts in their beaks and waddled around their rocky enclosure towards their nests. And the spokeswoman for the... Um, the zoo said that um, it's often the male penguin who retrieves the heart and carries it back to his mate. And then they use the felt for materials in their nests, which helps reinforce the couple's bonds. The activity is part of the Academy's captive breeding program to help increase the African penguin population, which is endangered in the wild. Uh, oh, and there's all these cute pictures of these penguins handing each other little hearts. I don't appreciate that the penguins have to do the zookeeper's bidding okay this isn't a pr now the penguins are like oh i'm getting a treat no it's a piece of felt gee thanks no they, they don't like know the piece of felt because they make their little nests with it whatever oh and it's so cute the penguins are handing little valentines to each other i guess i it's a good thing that you're not a penguin on valentine's day 
<laughs> I mean, there are worse things to be, but I'd be like, you know what? Save your red heart. Oh, look, we have two people waiting to be admitted to the admit all. I get to put admit all since we do have a panel, a whole panel. All right. Well, Anne, this is very exciting. As we were saying today, we didn't, we didn't name any names, our mystery guests. Um, today we have on my brother, Ted. Hello. To join us. Yeah. And I, ha and, and my best friend Stevie's back. Hi. Nice to be back. Yes. Excited to have Stevie back. Her episode was one of our most listened to. So we're hoping that she brings luck twice. That's right. Uh -oh. And my hotly contested yeah, opinion. Which is so funny because she doesn't do any social media. She doesn't care, doesn't tell anyone. And yet somehow it rose to the top. That's right. Yeah. Well, and as Anne noticed, both my brother and I don't even use our real names in social media. <laughs> Listen, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep a light digital footprint sometimes. That's right. So the point of our panel today is Anne and I thought it'd be fun to talk about the movies we saw as children, which we well ted and i have defined as our middle school years yeah that we saw and you know well as ann's saying not even in hindsight at the time we even knew were inappropriate for us to be watching and of course i had to invite ted on i know the point is who did you watch these movies with i watched the majority of them with my brother and the bonus is Ted doesn't forget anything. So I don't remember anything and he doesn't forget anything. That works out nicely because I don't remember anything and Stevie remembers everything. <laughs> um, I try. I, the older I, I mean, it's like, it's true. The older I get, like they're, it's spotty. Or like, you know, when um, you combine memories and you're like, this happened and they're diff like on different days, but you combine them in your brain as being one day. She'll be like, remember when we did that on that trip? And I'll say, not only do I not remember doing that, I don't remember the trip. So that's <laughs> the difference. Well, and I will say, even before the call, I had a quick call with Ted just so we could get our, our minds as one. And we had to get our, our, our list. Yeah, we got a list. But I said to him, I said, Teddy, well, I'll let him into this. I said, how did we even see these movies? Because uh, this is at a time where... As my mother said to me, we didn't even get a, a VHS until 1982. And uh, these movies, uh, all, the ones that we picked, all are between 81 and 84. So, Ted, how did we see these movies? Well, I think it's a combination of things. You know, number one, uh, there was a lot of these movies would come on TV and you'd see the TV version of them before you ever sort of saw the rated R version of them. So that, that, that was one thing. Oh, yeah. Second, you know, we were not a family that had cable, but I had friends who had cable and like, you know, sneaking over for the illicit sleepover and then the parents go to bed and you stay very late into the night <laughs> oh, yeah. watching all the naughty movies that would come on um, Cinemax and, and otherwise was was a big source. And then, you know, the, the <laughs> which will come, which will come into the list later when you could somehow your parent would make the mistake of letting you rent the movie that that they didn't know how bad it was. And that was basically, I think, yes. that was it, you know, because seeing them in the theater wasn't, you know, that wasn't happening. I mean, that is, I mean, you would go off of what you, what the video box said, what it looked like. I mean, if you hadn't seen it before. Right, right. That was it. And they were clear, right. and they were clearly marketing the video box to like any, any hint of impropriety that would be right on the cover to try to get the, the team to rent it. Because <laughs> trust me, 
friends and I would spend an hour in the video store trying to decide which one potentially had the better, you know, so, so we rented a lot of the worst movies of all time just based on trying to interpret what the cover art was, 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 was so you were inside. looking for what nudity? What were you? What, what was oh, the nudity. end game? I mean, here? nudity. That was it. That was that was A B. That was A through <laughs> Y. You're like two. You're like that is it. If I get to see boobs, look. I mean, At like least. I mean, in the eighties. It's always boobs. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that was that was just that was the you know you hope you were hoping for the yeah, full monty, good. but you know that was definitely the that was definitely the price of admission for the rental. <laughs> yes, yes. And and as Ted said, sometimes, you know, my mother was distracted or whatever and just allowed us to rent things that in hindsight, or even not, again, not in hindsight, at the time she was like, what the heck did I rent this for? Yeah, well, she used to get very, you know, she had a lot of opinions about some of those things where like, I remember one of her things used to be about the drinking age. She'd be like, you know what, if you can go die for your country, how can you not have a beer? You know, I agree. When I was growing up, blah, blah, blah. So I think some of this, I think she was a little bit of her rebellious streak against some of the norms of society. I mean, the rating system's garbage. I think we can all agree upon that. Rating system? Yeah. There's a rating yeah. system? We didn't ever go on the rating <laughs> system. I'm an only child, so I didn't have like a sibling. So Anne would be at my house a lot. And my house was kind of... Um, we I snuck nothing like it was given to me it was you know what I mean I saw a lot of these in the theater as a six-year-old <laughs> like um so whatever my parents were doing like I it was game on for me like it was like this is what's happening so you're here great come sit down watch this you know so Anne got to walk in on that I like got grow up in that and I'm sure her parents weren't happy about it she comes home and she's like tonight we watched the shining you know and she's like <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah. in my yeah. house we would i mean but my the different stevie's family was very into films and what, what was happening of the time my parents not so much we weren't like i mean me and my dad watched all the hitchcock movies but we weren't like let's really delve into cinema well, listen, I, I hope based yeah. on what you guys just said, your lists aren't this highbrow because the Chrissy and I are really going to be like uh, have our heads have our heads <laughs> in the sand. point. we are not we are not uh, talking about Hitchcock or anything. You know, look, I'm going to tell you this: we were weird children. That's all right. We've turned out great. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to kick this off. I will say that. I told Ted and Ann this, I actually, because we made our list and I, again, I don't have a great memory. So I went back and watched two of the five movies and I am freshly horrified. So <laughs> <laughs> to really, it, it actually changed the numbering because I was like, whoa, this has shot up to number one. But um, and I said, we didn't like list it from like best to worst because they're all kind of even keeled as far. Right. Well, I give or two, but yeah. All right, so I think what we'll do is we'll do one, you'll do one, blah, 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 and then we'll see if we have any crossover. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that our first one, I'm going to let Ted explain why, because you won't find this one very inappropriate, really, other than, you know, usual 80s gratuitous nudity. nudity. But our first one is Police Academy. <laughs> oh, boy, you guys are in for something. I know. Well, you'll see. <laughs> so right. so uh, our cousin, um, Sonny, 
whose husband, Jesse, <laughs> was on the show talking about the movie. Oh, yes, Brad. He did Brad. Here's a little oh, callback. Jesse, of course. I know, I know yep. my That's Outrageous history. Um, <laughs> Sonny, uh, they, we were very close with our cousins, Sonny and Alexis, and our, our, their mother, our Aunt Linda, was definitely more liberal than my mom. And so, you know, this was a school vacation, and we went over there uh, to have a sleepover or something like that. And Sonny had something to do that day. So my Aunt Linda said, well, why don't, and my Aunt Linda had something to do. So she said, well, why don't you two walk to the movie theater? You know, it's like, it's a short walk. Um, and so we, uh, we went over, over in Rockland County in New City, New York. And uh, Chrissy and I go over there and the only thing playing is Police Academy and it's rated R. I'm 12 and she's 14. <laughs> and so, you know, we, this was, this caused a lot of anxiety, but we, you know, we went up and, you know, of course, these people look so much older than us, but if we had the hindsight now, they were probably 16 themselves. And you know, yeah. we were like, you know, two for police academy? They're like, yeah, <laughs> here you go. Boom. We walked in and that was so exciting to like unaccompanied go to a rated R movie. There was probably four people in the theater. It was probably a Tuesday at about one o'clock. And that's why police academy, that's the only forbidden fruit we got, you know, the only rated R movie on Unsupervised we ever got to go see. Ted and I were rule followers, so this was very exciting that we could get into an R. What was bad in Police Academy? I don't remember. Just was there nudity? Why was it R? Language? Yeah, I mean, you know, adult, adult themes. Uh, you know, the one thing I the one thing I remember is that, like, you know, the, the Police Academy cadets, like, get themselves a prostitute. And they're, like, they're sneaking her into, like, this, this or they're in an auditorium, I guess, at the Academy. And, like, all of a sudden, the the head, Commandant Lassard, who was a great character in the movie, <laughs> so he's like coming in and they stash her underneath the lectern. And then he's going to give this speech and he's speaking to the masses. Oh, and right. she decides, ooh, here's an opportunity to like start servicing this man while I'm under the lectern. And like, you know. Which would never happen, you know, by the way. And but he, yeah. you know, he's speaking, he's like, and he, and the ridiculous thing was, it was an American police academy. He's got this English accent. And he's like, now the next slide, <laughs> stuff like that, and that's just the best. It was the same actor who played Punky Brewster's dad, and they, there's a lot of crossover between yeah. '80s sitcoms and '80s movies uh, actors. So anyway, that's wonderful. But that's it. I would say that's the big, you know, sex, drugs. Yes, and I'm pretty sure, because I actually recently, not this weekend, but I feel like I saw that recently. I think there's another, as all 80s movies seem to have an, a not, not, no need for, but I'm pretty sure there's a shower scene in there that the men are looking at the female cadets in the shower. That seems always. to be always, in, and it had, has to happen in an 80s movie. As many boobs as possible, in yeah. any circumstance possible. Oh, uh, that's right, yes. that packs so that, them in, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's our number five. Okay. I'm a fan of the whole Police Academy franchise. Yeah. I love Citizens on Patrol. <laughs> David Spade is Oh, yeah. Like, David Spade is that one. I love Police Academy. So that's a yeah, good one. Police Academy is good. The entire franchise. Okay. So I'll say for our number five, let's ease in and we're going to go with The Exorcist. Oh. That's our number five. So, as everybody knows who hasn't seen The Exorcist, it's a film about a mother whose daughter becomes possessed by, whose 12-year-old daughter becomes possessed by a demon, possibly even the devil himself. The devil. And, yeah. uh, and, and so she has to get some priests to come in and uh, perform an exorcism on the 
on the child. It's supposed to be the scariest movie ever made. Yeah. Yeah. What year was that one, Anne? That was 73. 70, yeah, oh. 73. So we probably rented that. I mean, it was already. I probably started watching it about second grade. <laughs> I feel like I watched it in your house in like third grade. Yeah. But much like, much like you said, um, there was, there was the million dollar movie that would come on at like midnight yeah. every night. You know what I mean? And I probably saw it edited on TV first, you know, um, before I ever rented it or I think, it, I think I owned it and read the book and like became like obsessed with it, like loved it. Um, cause it scared me so bad and I'm not religious. Like we had no religion. So it, that had nothing to do. Well, with I was it. raised Catholic and so it scared yeah. the shit out of me. And so for the longest time I'd be like, I swear to God, Reagan's in the corner. I would see Reagan in the corner for probably a, a good year. I still won't play with the Ouija I'm, board though. Ouija boards aren't all, were never allowed in my house. There was just such a, that I even knew as like a kid, just such a, just a, a like history with this movie, how like when it was in the theaters and people, the lines went around the block and my parents went on a date to it, you know, and my mom, has a whole story about how my dad got really mad at her because he was like, he was, it was so upsetting. Like there was people passing out in the aisles and throwing up and, pat, you know, going crazy. So, you know, obviously like as a kid, like that's exciting and I want to see what that is. And, and it was, it is. And to this day, like I can watch it at two o'clock in the afternoon on like a Saturday in August and still get scared. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, I, say, I remember when they had the, the um what was it? It was, i guess it was like the 30th anniversary and i yeah i saw, yeah, I I saw it in the theater, theater at grauman's chinese theater in la and they had the extra footage of where she does the walked you know spider walk down the stairs and there were teenagers seeing it and they were like laughing and i was yeah. so outraged i'm like how <laughs> dare these mother they don't even understand like they're thinking it's so funny and the special effects are lame or whatever and I think that's ridiculous. How old were you guys when you saw The Exorcist? I never saw it. You've never seen it in your life. Oh, you, oh yeah, you won't see anything scary. Yeah, I saw it. When, I saw it when I was, you know, definitely older, probably college. Um, and you know, because I was going to say that wasn't the. I was making sort of categories for stuff that could be on our list, right? And obviously, the category <laughs> I landed on was sex and nudity. But there was also, you know, <laughs> scary, scary stuff, right? Or violence or like he heavy, like something like Scarface, say something like that. And, but the, the horror movies were never something that Chrissy and I, like, we weren't up watching the scary movies. So I saw it later and, uh, but it's, you know, William Friedkin, man. What a, what a, what, a, what an interesting guy. Yeah, that's an understatement. <laughs> All right, so far, no crossover. No, I have a feeling we're not going to have it. I know, because as you can see, Ted and I went with sex. And, yeah. well, I hate to say that in in that period of time, that was the most of the movies. Because I actually, well, anyway, I looked up a list of the top like 180s movies. A lot of them have similar themes. Let me yeah. just say. Uh, all right. Next up for us, which I just watched this morning, <laughs> Blame It on Rio. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about that one in a long time. Who? <laughs> all right. Who's that? What's that, Michael Caine? Michael Caine, which question number, all right, I'll just say the one sentence synopsis, which we didn't do at Police Academy, but the one sentence synopsis for Blame on Rio is two 
men who are friends and coworkers are supposed to go on a family vacation together. The Michael Caine, as they're packing to leave, his wife is mad at him and she says, I'm not going. So Michael Caine and his daughter, played by Demi Moore, and uh, Joseph Bologna and his daughter, played by Michelle Johnson. Michelle Johnson, <laughs> you. Go to um, Rio together for a vacation. And uh, essentially what happens, I was shocked actually, it happened in the first half hour, is that Michael Caine winds up uh, having sex multiple times with his friend's 17-year-old daughter. She's 17 and he is... 43. I don't remember. I don't uh, remember that. I've never seen I don't it think I've ever seen it either. But now I'm going to have to. I'm going yeah. to now. But that, like, I really want I'm to see it now. I'm watching crazy. that today. Well, it, it's available on Amazon. <laughs> and Anne, I will say, we won't get into this, but it does have a lot of echoes to my father, the hero. I was going to say, yeah. It's a little, lots of, except, lots except the difference is this time he's really doing it. The, the, it is, it's the, it, yes, the friend's father. And one of my main questions about this movie is why did Michael Caine do this movie? I have no idea. I mean, he is notorious for saying like, hold you literally any movie to make money. So let me, I was going to say, Chrissy, maybe this is, I did a, I did a little research. So I was trying to get my notes together and the director of Blame It on Rio, none other than Stanley Donnan of singing in the rain fame. Yes, See? Stanley Donnan. So maybe, so, I mean, talk yes. about a disconnect. But so maybe that was part of it. Like Michael Caine was like, oh, you know, I have to, you know, he's this is one of his last go rounds. I have to get on board this project. I mean, that might have been one of his last movies, right? It, it, you know what? Based on what it turned out to be, if it wasn't the last, it probably should have been. <laughs> but it was a big hit. I mean, I remember that was like a a big hit. Yep. Well, and I'll just add the other peculiar thing about it is the screenwriter is Larry Gelbert. I hope I'm saying his name right. Yeah. Who did Tootsie, who did MASH, who did all, like, I'm like, how did he write this movie? My favorite movie. Yeah. Tootsie's like the best movie of all time. It's like, the no, like in the top yeah. five. MASH is great too. Yes. So we have a, a pedigreed uh behind the scenes and in front of the camera and yet this is the movie they came up with well so what was michael Caine's excuse did he in fact blame it on rio, rio. Was obviously yeah. did he excuse. blame it on rio <laughs> well it's funny i was saying to ted because i literally just watched this they they have this very 80s-esque um theme song that's basically like <laughs> that's what the theme song is it's like we lost our minds but blame it on rio like it's like literally like who cares that you're basically a pedophile? It's like you were in Rio. That's really you gotta. You got sometimes you gotta blame it on Rio. Yeah, you got caught up in the in the uh, romance. So the fact, I mean, the fact that it took place in Rio actually, there's a few important aspects of that. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not <laughs> number <illegal. laughs> one. Michelle Johnson was 17 at the time of filming. Okay, so get the fuck out the, of here. Brazilian government gave special permission for her to shoot the, you know, the naked stuff. And that, that led me to oh say, that led me to say, this really couldn't have been that, um, like, really, I mean, because this was the 80s, right? This wasn't like earlier in America where, like, people got married younger and stuff. So I had to look up the age of consent in Brazil, which sits <laughs> oh, at a robust oh, God. 14. 
So they went to Rio, they got around the, wow. uh, you know, and then I guess the Hollywood uh, censors were, well, I, th I think it's a recurring theme in a lot of these 80s sex comedies that certainly uh, times have changed with attitudes about a lot of these things. Uh, so anyway, Brazil. Yes. You really can blame it on Rio all around from, from the conceit of the film to the actual filming. Well, and um, I read Roger Ebert's review of this, who basically he just summed up as saying, this is a dirty old man's fantasy. That's essentially what, what, what it, and it is, it is because the, 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 oh God, there's so many things about it. The girl, Michelle Johnson, the first scene where they have sex, she literally has to take her retainer out. She takes her retainer out, puts it down on the beach, and then has sex with Michael Caine, who up until this point, she is calling Uncle Matthew because he has been in her life since she was born. And I really want to see I'm dying movie. to see this. <laughs> in another scene, later on when he keeps you know he keeps trying to very very weakly rebuff her they're oh, swinging she's the aggressor she's the one that wants to get with him is that how it works yes okay yes. yeah she they're swinging in a hammock remnant he's actually saying to her i remember the first time i kissed your bottom it was when you were a baby and your mother was putting powder on it and she's like shame on this is literally what she says this shame on you for driving a baby mad with desire Oh my God. <laughs> I, I mean. That's it, Anne. I think the rest of our list is like nowhere near as good as this. <laughs> yeah, we thought we had this very subversive list and I fear we've learned. I had no idea. I, I don't know how this escaped me. I know, because it seems like something that would have been on like HBO all the time. Well, and a very, and I think one of Demi Moore's first roles, she was, she was the voice, honestly, she was, of the four of them, she was the only voice of reason. She was like, this is horrible. She, she knew that they were carrying on. And she was just like. He's like, dad, please don't have sex with my friend still. Pretty, pretty much. Dad, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm speechless. Yeah, I think, you know, I think we, I, I would not be surprised if the four of us have talked about this movie more than anyone has in the last 20 years. So, you know, we could probably, we could probably keep it moving at this point. Except for Michelle Johnson's therapist. No. <laughs> wow. Blame it on Rio. Yeah. Oh, and then honestly, it ends and it's got this like, blame it on Rio. <laughs> like, who cares? You didn't Rio. Just go back home and they're like, that was fun. That affair. It's like it's like the modern day version of Jeffrey Epstein's private island. That's just like, well, whatever happens, happens. No one talks about it. Wow. Yes. I mean, I almost feel like let's just stop and I'll go watch Blame It on Rio. But <laughs> it was a dirt. It was a dirty old man's fantasy and a dirty young middle schoolers as well. <laughs> but at least it was age appropriate for you to lust after. I know I should have been going down to Rio. <laughs> no kidding. Were you like mom, dad for vacation? I was thinking maybe Rio. Can we can we do that? Yeah. Well, and I was gonna say you at least have the excuse of being twelve and not having a fully formed brain, unlike the people no. who made this. Very movie. true. Wow, that's a wild scene. Yeah. All right, tossing it okay. to you. Well, I'll say our next choice is the film Star Eighty. Oh. Now Star Eighty. I 
favorite. Like, yeah, this is one of our all-time favorite is Little Girls Would Watch, um, which, if no one's familiar, is the story of Dorothy, true story story of Dorothy Stratton, who was the Playboy Playmate of the Year in the year 1980, who was um, brutally raped, tortured, and murdered by her estranged husband, Paul Snyder. I love this movie. I loved this movie when I was little. I own the VHS copy from the video store. Like they sold it to us because I would like watch it and like rent it so much. <laughs> like, and it's in the big box, like the kind of box that like pornos cut, like like the old, like it's in a big box. That big case, that clamshell case. Yeah, it's not like a hard case. It's like a soft, large box. Um, that's how much, like, I love this movie. That they gave us, like, the copy. I don't think that they needed it really anymore. I think I was, like, was the only person renting it, you know? And this, and I would say, though, this also kicked off our, you know, love affair with Eric Roberts, as oh. Chrissy can attest when we watch Talk By My Doctor, but we almost included two other Eric Roberts movies that we watched equally as much as Star 80, which was King of yeah. the Gypsies, which is a movie where he plays um, a, a gypsy. Which is an all-star cast. It's Judd Hirsch, Susan Sarandon, Brooke Shields, like... The whole nine. And like New York gypsies. Yeah, and then the other one was Pope of Greenwich Village. And they all came around around the same time. But we um, were as you know, loved Eric Roberts and still do and still do. And why not? I mean, it's funny that you guys, I brought, believe it or not, I had, I mentioned star 80 a few days ago. Yeah. Really? So my what? son, who one of my sons who is 17 is watching the Sopranos and he's at a part where you remember Peter Bogdanovich plays Dr. Melfi's oh, yeah. psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I was yeah. just talking to him all about Peter Bogdanovich and I got into how he was the one dating Dorothy Stratton when she was murdered yeah. and they made a whole movie about it, Star 80. And I mean, talk about a similar theme. Peter Bogdanovich was also always trying to date girls that were barely of age and- uh, uh, Yeah, he married her sister. Dorothy Stratton's little sister. Yeah, and I read the book that he wrote about Dorothy Stratton. It was called The, the Last of the Unicorns. Last of the Last Unicorns, of the Unicorns, I think. Like yeah, I have that book and I, I read it. He's, I mean, yeah, Bogdanovich is, he got with that sister when she was not 18. Definitely not 18. And they were not in Rio. Yeah, they were all. not in Rio to my knowledge. Definitely not Canada. Was it Canada? No, I think he was stateside. I know, but I think Dorothy Stratton yeah. was a Canadian, wasn't she? She was Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, she was Canadian. She was, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think, Stevie, you were certainly not alone. I think Star 80 was a very popular film, wasn't it? I, I don't think I, again, another movie I haven't seen. When it came out, yeah, I, I think it, I think, I think it was very, very popular. I don't think it, it's like it would be now. I think it's probably one of those forgotten ones that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't ever hear anyone talk about it now, but. Um, yeah, I remember when it came out, like, or I don't I remember now, but Bob Bogdanovich hated it and was really upset with Bob Fosse because he thought it was like, a sleazy retelling and that's why he wrote that book which by the way is disturbing in and of itself i'm like stick with stick yeah. with the movie bogdanovich <laughs> <laughs> i just um i just loved eric roberts oh, so best. much and i was so little you know and it scared me it scared me really bad when he builds like that contraption yeah. you know when he 
with the, the yeah. legs like that just I didn't understand it because I was really young and I didn't understand it but I knew it scared me well, it was like a like, piece of workout oh, equipment you know? wasn't it but she was yeah, so it was like a workout pretty. equipment thing yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. so that's that's our that was our pick our... all right our next one which is a fine film but not appropriate <laughs> for when we saw it in 1982 fast times at Ridgemont High oh the best Yay. that's one of the best movies it Ever. is. And I think we probably, I mean, I'm guessing this is definitely one where I think we saw it on TV a bunch of times before seeing sort of the completely unrated uh, version of it. But I mean, this. And the TV version is different than the, than the theatrical version. There, there are scenes in the other one that are not in the other. Very, you know, that's, that's just an interesting thing with movies that go on TV in general. That happens a lot. Like they throw the extra scenes yeah. in. You think that has probably yeah. something to do with like the blocks of times that they have to throw commercials into. So they have to like make it longer or shorter or something like that. Yeah. You guys are the TV professionals. What do I know about this stuff? Oh, but um, oh, please. I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that movie of all, right. that movie of all the ones on, I mean, that is a, in a, I wrote down an immortal pop culture movie. I mean, yeah, first of all, the cast sure. is top notch. I mean, Spicoli alone, Sean Penn as Spicoli. I, you know, I, I I know he's you know he's won Oscars and he's got nominations. I don't think he was ever was better than he was in this movie. You know, his, I'll agree with you on that. You know, one. All his his quotes that have just you know entered the lexicon. You know, yeah, Cameron Crowe. Yeah, this is all based on a Cameron Crowe book, right? When he went back. Rolling Stone and embedded himself in a high school as a student. Yep. Um, Amy Heckerling directed it, who, you know, did Clueless and, of course, the classic Johnny Dangerously, Chrissy, which easily could have made this list, but it was a little more tame. <laughs> Johnny Dean. I oh, love it's, so, it's so good. So, yeah, Amy Heckerling's amazing, and I don't understand why she doesn't get more directing roles, but anyway. But, you know, you also get, I mean, you get a lot of uh, a lot of underage sex going on here. I mean, Jennifer Jason Leigh is supposed to be 15 in this movie. Yeah. She's a freshman. First, she's having sex with the 25-year-old guy she meets at the mall in the right. in the baseball right. field yeah. dugout. In the baseball dugout. Then she and Damone, you know, uh, have sex, and then she has to have an abortion, you know, uh, which is yeah. uh, you know, which he, of course, that, that's another that's another recurring trope. The dirtbag who gets the girl pregnant and then doesn't agree to drive her to the abortion clinic like that that yeah. happens well, some high and dry that's, that's actually a theme in another movie on our list um yeah <laughs> it's true but it's true and in what i don't remember if it's the movie version or the tv version but there is a, i mean they, they did a full abortion scene yes yes yeah we're like where she's yeah. literally like in the gown on the table yeah. like showing yeah. discomfort on her face yeah, fucking Damone. Damone was too busy selling tickets to Cheap Trick. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. That, exactly. That whole thing where he's at the track and he's and he's saying uh, he's singing, "Your mama's all right, your daddy's all right, your daddy's all right." right. This is like a mess. That that's the one guy. No, I don't have any boys. They're called. I had two pairs last two week. Pair. He knows where to go when he wants tickets. You know, he's why he didn't become a bigger star. I have no idea. Yeah, but also Fast Times is one of the. Best soundtracks yeah. of all time. True. Oh yeah. For sure. The soundtrack. Yeah, right. Amazing. Tom Petty, American Girl. I think. I have that record. It's got everything. We, it opens up with "We Got the Beat." The cars. Yeah, the cars. Moving in stereo yeah. with Phoebe Cates in the pool. Oh, well, that, I mean, you this this like I'm sorry, like the music plus that scene. I think I know well, your favorite scene. I have to scene. say that, like for this for this genre that we've really aligned with on our list, 
that is <laughs> that is probably the signature scene of the 80s of her emerging from the pool and removing her top yeah. um but you know it's uh there's so many good there's so many it's just it's an it's it's iconic none, none of the other movies on our list are really iconic but this is iconic. yeah it is iconic you know, one, one, one funny anecdote from our, Chrissy and my growing up, you know, our house was a, um, one of those high ranches where you go in the front door and there's like five steps up and five steps down. And like, as you, as you, as you come up the five steps, you're looking over into the, uh, into the family room. And that's where our television was. Right. And our dad always hung out in the basement. And so we'd have, it was, it was guaranteed that any movie that had any racy part, like it would be coming on, we'd hear his footsteps coming up the stairs and he'd peek his head over and he'd see what was on the TV and he'd be like, what, what are you watching? Why are you letting these kids watch? And we'd be like, oh, God. Yes, it was like he had a sixth sense. He always came yeah. up at the exact time that would be like, there nothing happened in this movie until now. Which of course sounded silent. Like, oh. We get foiled. Yeah, oh, I love it. Yes, but we picked this one because there were a lot of adult themes for someone who was 10 and 12 to be, to be watching. Uh, though I will say, I think all of that, especially the abortion went completely over my head. Uh, I don't even think that that registered with me at all. Yeah. It's, it's timeless. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Well, it's funny because we actually did watch this with our kids and I don't, they didn't appreciate it the same way. I think, you know, a lot um, of it is kind of like, I think what they see now is, you know, well, they certainly didn't see it as racy at all. And they, and they, you know, I don't think they saw the humor in Spicoli in some kind of weird way, which I don't even understand. They were sort of bored by it, you know. Thing about Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is how I grew up, is so a lot of it revolves around the mall, which we were always in the mall. And yeah. like, I love a good mall. So it's that whole mall thing. They're just like, it just seems like a location that doesn't have any resonance with them. I'm like, all we did was hang out at the mall. That's all you did is you'd go to yeah. the mall. I would make my mom drop me off like way, like I'm talking like 11, 12 years old, drop me off in the back of the parking lot and walk through the parking lot and I would hold my house keys. So it looked like I drove myself <laughs> there. Like two, two complete strangers walking by. I didn't want them to think that I like got dropped off. So I would like hold my house keys and walk through the parking lot. Like I had parked my car and I was walking into the. I mall. like that. Um, but like I would just get dropped off there and spend like eight hours just walking yeah. around the mall and shopping and eating fries or doing whatever. But like that was your day. Yeah, yeah that was That's like your you Saturday or whatever. You'd be like, "Well, I'm going to the mall." Yeah, it was the whole day. And like I would get dressed up to go. You know, like I would plan an outfit. Like a full out. Because you'd run into everybody. I was gonna say, because you run into yeah. people. You might exactly. meet Damone. Yeah, maybe Damone had some tickets. <laughs> you had to Damone. buy your tickets from Damone. Or Jefferson might be there. You might get an autograph from Jefferson. All right, over to you guys. I mean, ours list is very dark. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like we could have done this. Yeah, we were like, we which which we way do we go? Do we go? We went ahead. We went on yeah. the That's the interesting thing though. Yeah. Yeah. I was a heavy kid. All right. So what are, our next one would be, I'm going to go with this one. This one might be the most inappropriate. I'm going to say a clockwork orange. Oh my God. I can't even watch that. That was a big one when I was I little. will say it's a, it's a critical, uh, Oh, it's brilliant. And the book yes, is, this, but it's, it's all of, all of our talk about Not understanding what you're seeing and like being like, just 
fascinated and terrified. Yeah, well, I think the visuals are just so, uh, I'm going to use the word entrancing. Why not? But that the Kubrick, just the, you know, the way he would present you yeah. the visuals is almost was surreal. So you're like, oh, that's a full well, the, home invasion slash rape and Yeah, just torture. The, 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 the imagery was just enough that you couldn't look away. But I mean, I was, uh, you know, it, it, gave, it gave me nightmares. It was terrifying. Yeah. But I knew I loved it. But that's the one that I remember yeah. feeling like that. Talk about a grown-up movie. Like that. that's for grown-ups. It was the only time, because I remember watching it alone one night. And I was... I don't know, I was probably, and I don't think I was alone, but like, I think I was alone in the room. And I don't know, I was probably like 10. And I turned it off. It's like the only time I ever turned something off myself because I got too scared. I was like, I don't like, I don't, I, I, this is scaring me. Cause I didn't get scared like that so easy. And I got scared of it and I turned it off and turned on the lights. <laughs> like, Probably lock the door. That's a good call back to singing in the rain. That's what that's what they're that's no what they're kidding, singing yeah. on that home invasion as they uh you know as they do their do their yeah. business to that's that true. couple, right? That's true. Yeah. Oh man. And then do you remember Anne? Do you remember? Well, maybe you guys remember too, but um, do you remember um Milk Barcarova in the yeah. city? I think it was on 14th Street. Yeah. Wait, and I, I think I fell asleep in that place. <laughs> there and I had to wait yeah, we were like, I think I fell full asleep. Yeah. Yeah, because I lived down the down the block and like we were like 20 and like <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go ahead and take a nap. And we gotta go. <laughs> they had those comfortable lounge chairs. They did. It was they did. And you yeah, you fell down asleep. Nap. I think Mike was with you and he fell asleep well, too. You can fall asleep on frail train tracks. True. <laughs> but yeah. So was that was that a real life was that a real life rendition of the milk bar from Clockwork? It was. I mean, like it. It yeah. Like the decor and, and everything. Like a yeah. It was, they had like the mannequin. Yeah. yeah. It was. Um, I don't know. So it was like the the mid like later nineties. Where was that? Like, uh, I started going there because I lived on Twentieth Street, and I think it was on Fourteenth. And I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh my god, that's crazy!" You know. I remember being in college, and there were that was a that droogie outfit. Was it was a popular mm. Halloween costume because all you needed was long johns and a jock strap, and then you could buy the top hat. You could, yeah, you could have been one hat. of the droogies. <laughs> I did that. I did that for an eighth grade dance. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the English teacher was like, what? <laughs> I had the fake eyelashes on one. You know, I did. I did one eye with eyelashes. <laughs> I had this little bowler cap. I don't know why, but I mean, it was like nineteen eighty. What was seventh or eighth grade? Like 1989, 1990, something like that. And I had a little bowler cap, I think like Blossom. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty popular. And I think that, you know what I mean? So I had like a black hat that probably had like a flower on it that I took off. You know, it probably had something that made it look less murderous and more Blossom like. And <laughs> I took that off and I was like, quick Halloween costume, what can I do? Then the, then the following Monday, the little black phone rang in the classroom and they were like, Stevie, could you please go down to the office? And like, <laughs> the school psychologist was there like, let's have a talk. It was probably one of the least offensive outfits. It would have been the first time I got sent to the office for something I wore, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, we'll move on, we'll move on. Um, 
Ted and I are keeping with the sex and nudity theme. We're being consistent. Yeah, well, I think I had a lot of influence over this list, but what are you going to do? Number two, which was going to be our first one, but then I had to change it, uh, is Last American Virgin. We almost did that. We almost yeah. did that. This was um, from, let me just look up, uh, 1982. And I did see when I was looking up about it, the woman who played Carmela, which was the pivotal role for in our house, uh, she just recently passed away. Oh Aww. my God. I gotta yeah. start on that bummer of a tip. Sorry. And she was much older in, she was born in like 1939. This movie came out in 82. So she was like in her <laughs> Dude, 40s when she made Who this. is the next muchacho for Carmela? <laughs> I mean, that's the tagline of all time. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'll just say the loose loose plot line is pizza delivery boy Gary, loudmouth David, and hunky Rick are three high school students out to lose their virginity in any way they can. Gary falls for transfer student Karen, who gets involved with Rick. That's just the top line. Yeah. So this is a movie where, and when we talk about renting movies, so what, let's, let's go back to my cousin, Sonny. One time they came over to our house and when they would, when we would come over there, they would come over to our house. Usually we'd all, they'd get there. We'd all go out to the video store, rent some stuff so that the kids had movies to watch. And like, what, I mean, not that we were going to be bothering the adults or whatever. So my, the mothers go out to get the videos. And we're like setting up the VCR and my cousin Sonny comes running in the room, shuts the door and says, put this in before they figure out what they did. And it was the last American <laughs> Virgin. And we were like, they rented this? Cause we knew it was, we knew it was, we, we knew it was forbidden fruit and uh, they rented it. And their theory was, isn't Virgin good? Like there probably won't be sex in it because it's it's the virgins in the title. Of course, they couldn't have been they could not have been more wrong about that. Um, and you know, interestingly, so so the yes, that's what's happening. This one sad sack Gary is trying to is trying to get <laughs> is trying to have sex the whole movie, and he you know and he winds up he winds up like you know there's a new girl at the school and the stud of the group you know is determined to deflower her because it's determined that she is also a virgin, which he succeeds in doing, gets her pregnant, dumps her. Gary comes in to take her to the abortion clinic to nurse her through that whole thing. Like she's so uh, appreciative of his caring nature that it seems like something's gonna start there. And then in one of the all time bummer endings of all time, she says, Gary, I want you to be my date for my 18th birthday party. He hawks all of his stuff to buy her a locket. He shows up at the party and she is making out with the guy, Rick, who had gotten her pregnant. And she basically looks up and is like, you know, sorry, we we're getting back together. Gary leaves the party, starts driving, starts crying james ingram's just once starts playing i did my best and the credits roll and that's how the movie ends unbelievable you never see an 80s movie end on such a horrendous bummer like that (laughs) no it's interesting yeah it was more of like a drama with with like some comedic yeah you know moments it was and i looked you know the guy apparently it was started as a movie in israel 
And this was a remake oh. of an Israeli movie. So all I can think of is that it had that kind of non-American, like you know, every American movie has to end happy and all that, right? But you know, you get a little bit more complicated when you get outside of American culture. And that's all I could think was that that was there. And I also couldn't find any Hollywood influence like on the, the, the studio or anything like that. So I feel like that one like slipped through somehow and uh, whatever. Yeah, like to keep that ending, like that bummer ending. You'd think they would have been like, let's let's change it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, the title of the, the movie makes it sound way more um, rompy. Yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, like, like porky ish yeah. or something. And usually in those kind of movies, if the guy doesn't get the girl he wants, they throw him a bone and give him like a girl who gives him a wink at the end or something. No right. such luck for Gary. No such luck. No. Yeah. <laughs> there's also, there's also a scene in this where they go to pick up these girls and, um, you know, they, they see these three girls at like a, the, 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 the drive-in or whatever, you know, like the diner and they're like, yeah, all right, let's go pick those girls up. And, uh, and so like the group is the stud guy who's like good looking, Gary, who's a nerd. And then there's this, this heavy guy who's part of the group. Oh yeah, that but He guy, also yeah. does fine with the ladies. Like, you know, he's like, he's like, yeah. he, he, he's, he's great. He's much better than Gary. And he, his pitch to the girls is we've got all kinds of good Coke. Like, so like, <laughs> like come back to the house and we're going to do a lot of Coke. Right. And then he goes over to the guys. He's like, he's like, uh, I promised them Coke. And they're like, well, just get out the sweet and low, right? So they like go to the kitchen and they rip out all the sweet and low and stuff and they, and they line up all these lines. And uh, so of course the stud gets the best looking girl and they're back in the bedroom immediately. Then the heavy guy gets like his equivalent and they go in the, in the room. And then, yeah, Gary, <laughs> Gary's left with sort of the, um, what's, what's they've, what they've made up to be sort of the ugliest of the three. And all she wants to do is she's like, where's that Coke? You know, so like he's trying to make the moves and all she wants to do is all this, all this cocaine. And then his parents come home and break the whole thing up. But like, you know, you throw in all the, there's so much, you know, we haven't really gotten into all the gratuitous drug activity going on in these eighties movies as well. Oh yeah. Like, you know, oh, here's some 16 year olds are just going to, you know, just going to, you know, do these lines of Coke and have a Bacchanal. Good times. Oh my God. Well, that movie Karen is played by Diane Franklin, who had, she had such a good run in that early 80s, yeah. she was Better Off Dead with John Cusack. Um, and then she was in a movie that we, it almost made our list, narrowly escaped, Amityville 2. Oh. You ever see part two? Amityville 2, The Possession. <laughs> we had a thing for part twos and or possessions. Yes, yeah. but Amityville <laughs> 2 is the story is, is like the backstory on why the Amityville house horror. It's like real, the real more. Yeah. Story, it's extremely right? disturbing. There's incest, possession, multiple murder. It's really good. Yeah. Well, it looks like, um, uh, Diane Franklin is still working. It looks, she has credits up until this year. What's she been in? I've been wondering how, where she's been. Um, I don't think it's anything that's in wide release. But there's, it seems like she's been at least one, she's consistently been doing stuff. It looks like a lot of shorts. And then she's in something called The Final Interview. Oh, and then she, in 2018, she did The Amityville Murders. <gasps> oh, we gotta watch that. How did we not I don't know, know we're gonna have to have a double feature. Blame it on Rio and The Amityville Murders. That sounds like a good one-two punch. Yeah. 
Yeah, but she's still doing I, stuff. Well, she's great. She's a, she's she's yeah. uh, underappreciated for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's yes, yeah, she is. Well, she was very she was very popular. I'm looking back at her pictures, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's that girl. She was in a lot of stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and on as the world turns. Was she? Yeah, she's on as the world turns. I that wasn't one. That was a I wasn't an, a CBS girl. I was an ABC girl. Uh, Chrissy and I were hardcore yeah. CBS. Although, we, but but not as the world turns though, Ted. No, we didn't watch that. Yeah, you guys watched Guiding Light, right? Well, what was ABC? All my children. All my Where was children. what was Young All and the Restless? CBS. That was CBS. Yeah, Guiding Light. Yeah. What about Bold and the Beautiful? CBS. <laughs> CBS, because that's uh... Teddy loves Bold. <laughs> Bold and the Beautiful is <laughs> You should have gotten into that. That's a, that's a, that's another episode. Oh my god. All right, back to our list. Up All to right. you. All right, so we're up to. And we don't have anything. We fun. don't. <laughs> we're all. Like we have zero, like I'm like, oh, maybe this one is better. It's just. But we could, we could swap out Raging Bull. The Psycho 2, we really, you know. we Let's do Psycho that. We're going to swap our Raging Bull, the tale of Jake LaMotta, that piece of shit that just beat up everyone, including his wife, uh, with Psycho 2, in which Norman Bates returns <laughs> and is able to somehow resume uh, the business of the motel. <laughs> So this one is Meg Tilly. Yeah, Meg Tilly. Meg Tilly. She's the, uh, I guess, like the, the uh, Marion Crane. Well, no, she's not the Marion Crane, but she, Norman Bates is back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So he comes. He gets out of the. He was sent to a mental institution. So, uh, what Psycho Two is also eighty two, right? Um. Yeah, eighty three is Psycho Two. Yeah. Eighty three. Okay. So. Norman's been in in an asylum. Yeah, he's being he's been rehabilitated in quotes. Yeah, so they let him go, and it, the the motel's still there. So he's like, you know, I'm gonna get into like I'm gonna just go back to my old post. And my old post. It's true. Well, I mean, like he doesn't he has no other life skills. Like all he knows how to do is is run this motel and murder. Oh yeah. Um. But not now, because he's like, he's been, he's been, he's been, you know, in the, in the, in the institution for this long. So he's rehabilitated and he knows it's wrong and he's working on himself. He's actively yeah. working on himself. And like, he does his own affirmations and things like that. And um, Meg Tilly shows up and they become friends. And, but it turns out, it turns out that Meg Tilly and her mom are running a scam to make him go crazy again. For what? I don't remember why they're scamming. I feel like maybe them. they want to gain control of the hotel or something. Who would want that? Hotel? Who's even going to that hotel? When he has <laughs> it, wouldn't you go, oh, that's the hotel where they full murder? There are no guests at all. Um, but I don't know. It turns out at the end that it's it's the, the mom is like murdering people. I, I don't know. It's it's good though. I just remember the scene where we should have watched yeah, it again. We should have watched it. Because I remember the beginning very, very well. I remember at the very end, like Meg Tilly like comes around and she like goes against the mom and gets on Norman's side. As one does. Because she, yeah. And all I know is he keeps feeding her peanut butter sandwiches. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, do you want to come over for dinner? It's just peanut butter sandwiches and milk. She's like, yeah. She's like all right. Now, what, 
to what to what do you guys chalk up your preference for the sequels over the originals you know because that's kind of a hot that's kind of a hot take you know yeah i here's the thing with greece too i think i'm we're not alone in saying that the sequel is better than the original and i say that as someone who olivia newton john is my favorite person that is in, that is insane <laughs> that is literally insane nope that is okay I'm just going to interject. The songs are better. It's better. The plot is better. If I can just oh, go Pfeiffer. No. She's she's the best. I think I think Michelle Pfeiffer is what sold it. Because Stephanie Zanoni is yeah. so cool. It's female positive. The it's the woman. I remember seeing Grease 1 when I was little because Olivia was my favorite. And my mom like drilling it into me how it was so wrong that, you know, she sandy has to change who she is to get yeah. the man and like you never need to do that so in greece too they switch it and so you know it's the man that's now trying to to win over the the woman i just think it's inherently it more is more fun. fun the songs are good i just think it's more fun i think the songs are more fun the characters are like it's jokey it's like it's more over the top it's just more fun all around yeah. i think and michelle pfeiffer is she's super cool you know well, it's funny. I was going to propose Greece for our list, although it's too early. Like I did see that in elementary school and that was my favorite movie. And I saw it many times. And that's another movie that when you watch it as an adult, you're like, oh, there's like a lot of stuff that a seven-year-old, of course, went over my head, but should not be watching. And the funny thing is even the songs, like, you know, well, she got friendly down in the sand and all this stuff. Like yeah. I didn't, but you know, when you're little and you're singing that, I'm like, God, that's very disturbing to think of a second grader singing about getting down in the sand. <laughs> and it's funny. Oh I'll yeah, I was, I was singing it in kindergarten, Lousy with Virginity and yeah. saying to my mom, yeah. what is virginity? And my mom would be like, well, and then would tell me, <laughs> but I was like five, six, yeah. Well, and it's so funny because like, not a, a couple of years ago, I uh, often would have Ted's kids in my car and um, his son, who's the same age as my son, got into music um, a while ago. My son's still not into music, but um, yeah, I distinctly remember having Charlie in my car and he was singing, not anything from Greece, but he was singing that Ed Sheeran song, I'm in love with your body. And he was like, a little kid and i was like oh my god i didn't say anything to him but i'm like i cannot listen to my little sweet nephew going i'm in love with your body like in the back seat and i'm like oh that's <laughs> not like you were in my room now my bed sheets smell like you oh my and it brought back to me the whole thing about greece i actually started thinking like this is like me singing greece songs charlie yeah. is singing and sheeran oh good god but that's the whole thing about a lot of these movies is that at the time, all of those things go over your head and then you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's not good. Which will bring me to my number one Ooh, most inappropriate wait. movie. I can't believe that anything's going to top blame it on Rio. I really can't. Well, this will. And it's it, you're going to be like, this is an obvious choice, but it really wasn't going to be this high on the list until I watched it last night. Okay. Because I had to refresh my memory. And then we said, <laughs> I was like, I don't even know where you'd put this movie, but it has to be number one. Which is, of course, Porky's. I don't even know if I've ever seen, por I'm thinking, oh, I don't know if I've ever, what? I feel like I maybe I haven't. Porky's is such a problematic movie. <laughs> oh is God. it set in the 1950s? It is set in the 50s in Florida. But I have seen it. Okay. The, the uh, again, very common theme, uh, 
young man trying to lose his virginity. That's sort of the main storyline. But what I didn't remember is there's all these other, it's a very bad movie anyway. It doesn't have like a cohesive plot, but there's all these sub storylines that are riddled with, there is anti-Semitism. There's there's a whole storyline about a Jewish kid who they call, they, they call him what, whatever you can think of your slur for a Jewish person. K-word. The K-word, repeatedly, repeatedly. I don't remember this. Oh, yeah. They hate, they they target him. They hate him. Oh, so it's, it's wait a minute. You're telling me that Porky's is, is like, like racial hatred attacks? Well, yeah. Well, there's an ant, there's a whole anti-Semitism storyline that in the end, they, you know, become friends with the Jewish kid. That's, oh, okay. Well, then that makes it okay. Then, but, I mean, and this is, this is this is even I think to my mind worse. I mean, whatever. In the beginning, the movie starts with the the the, the, the these three young men come up to you know they're pulling into the high school parking lot, and they're already plotting this prank that they're going to play on their friends. That they're they have again. There's a lot of prostitutes in eighties movies. <laughs> they have secured a prostitute. And they're going to lure their friends out to this abandoned shack in the woods. And they are going to pretend that they're each going to have sex with this woman. Like they tell, they tell them, this is a sure thing. We've hired this woman. You know, we have to go out to the woods, whatever. But in reality, they have also hired a black man, a very large black man, to come out with a machete with blood over it and pretend that he has killed their friends and now comes chasing after them through the woods. Okay. That is the only black person in the entire film. They refer to him by the N word. <gasps> Are you <What>? serious? <laughs> the one. What year was Porky's? 1980? Uh, that was also, sure. I want to say. It was later than that. 81. Oh my God. But when, when one of the boys uses the N term, another boy is like you really shouldn't call him that and his thing is you're down in dixie this is just the way this goes and never that was just fine never mentioned again and then the other whole thing is that the the namesake of the movie is this this establishment called porky's which is a you know very low rent strip club and brothel i think Oh yeah, and I guess oh. and, and brothel. You know. And you know, there's Confederate flags everywhere. But like this is all just part of the accepted like there's no reckoning of, oh, this was not the way we should treat people of color. No. I mean they address the anti-Semitism, but that whole thing. And when I thought about the movie, because I was like, yeah, that movie was inappropriate, I didn't again, I feel bad about this. I didn't remember any of that. It was just really about the shower scene, the infamous shower scene. Yeah, that's all I think of. Yeah. Yes. And there's, you know, obviously they have a gym class where the gym teachers are having sex up in the loft that everybody can hear. There's so many, there's so many things. I was like, I didn't find the movie in hindsight funny. I didn't find it like, oh, if, like boys will be boys. Like I was like, there, there's just so many problems with this movie. And we're still spawned many sequels, spin-offs. Oh, yeah. Highly popular. Highly popular film. 
I mean, that was a huge hit. I think Porky's three is Patrick Dempsey. Oh, is it? And Loretta Swift. Wow, Hot Lips Hoolahan? She's like like a sex ghost. Like like that comes to help him get sex. Yes. That sounds good. I'll I'll go watch that one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's three. Um, yeah, Porky's was one of those Cinemax yeah. movies. Like for me, like it was, it was always on. Like I don't know if anyone remembers the channel Prism. Of course, also Prism. like it was like HBO Cinemax Prism, yep. and like we had the three, and it was like it was a Cinemax definitely. Yeah, like, that's it was I that. It. I think this is number one because this was the Forbidden Fruit film. You know, like seeing Porky's. <laughs> trying to see Porky's was much like the plight of the men in Porky's. They were trying to <laughs> lose their virginity, and we were all trying to get to see Porky's. And once you saw it, it was a uh, it was something that you that was on your resume. So uh, yeah, that was that was known as the the naughtiest of the naughty. And uh, right, and upon rewatching, as Chrissy says, it's uh, you realize that there was a lot of uh, a lot of problematic things there. But you know. This is uh and was this this like sex scenes and porgies any any more like better than the other ones? No, right? No, I mean, in fact they like show they more. don't even show you know, there's no sex even shown. You know, it's really it's really it had you know, I mean it was centered around the famous shower scene, you know, of, of the girls showering. Yeah. The guy uh puts his uh puts his piece through the through the shower hole and it gets grabbed and it gets grabbed. Oh by the very uh, sort of butchy gym teacher who's trying to yank it off. And uh, yeah. and that's the, that's really the, I mean, when you think about Porky's, if, if, I bet if you ask most people, they couldn't remember much beyond that scene. And that's what I remembered right. about it. But um, and yes, and to Ted's point, there, there, you do see the sex scene with the two gym teachers, oh, right. but they're both fully clothed. I mean, you only, they're, they don't there's no there's no boobs oddly enough there's other than the shower scene there's there is none of that but um that is crazy to me like in my mind porky's is like the raunchiest one but meanwhile it is well, not although it's just right with anti-semitism kim, kim cattrall is bottomless in that scene though chrissy i mean she's not topless Ooh. but she is fully nude oh. below the waist and they yeah but you really only catch a very very quick glance of that very i mean i'm not defending it but i have to say i mean you know blame it on rio the nudity is well this is yeah frequent no, this, well yes. and often. there's i mean there's much more nudity in porky's but that scene itself you're right she was she was she was warming up for her stint as samantha on sex in the city yeah well and also kim Cattrall also in police academy which was on our list yeah that's true would you say that Porky's is like, since it was what, what, 81, like the first of like the screw, but like the raunchy teen sex comedies, yes. like all the way through, like, you know, there would be no American Pies or like Van Wilders or anything if there was no Porky's. I think, like, yeah, that was like the first I one. Think animal, yeah. I think Animal House like started, is the first one. Animal House, yeah. I don't care right. for Animal House. Is that it? That is a hot take. That is a hot take. I think that holds up. No, but you're right. You're right. I didn't think of Animal House, but yeah, I don't care right. for Animal House, and I don't care for John Belushi. Oh, and well, that's that's All another right. podcast. <laughs> yeah. All right. But I will say, in this movie, Ted had pointed out to me two of the characters were actually married in real life, um, and and were both in the 
TV sitcom Webster. <gasps> Alex Karras? Yes. And and his wife played the prostitute who was they all thought they were going to have sex with, which... Um, yeah, what's her name? Ma'am. Uh, yeah. Susan Susan Clark. In yeah. the movie, though, oh, ma'am, she's ma'am on Webster. Yeah, Webster <laughs> called her ma'am. Yeah, he did. Oh, but on, and she was, she was cherry galore. No, cherry forever. A cherry forever. Cherry forever, yes. Yeah, Webster did call her ma'am. It was Georgia yeah. ma'am. <laughs> but yeah, they were in it. And um, I think that there is a scene in the movie after the black man chases them through the woods with the bloody machete. Um <laughs> The character Pee Wee is running naked through the uh, on the street and is pulled over by the cops. Which presages Will Ferrell had a very similar run in Old School. Yeah, so there there are some echoes that had carried on through more like Boys Will Be Boys That's type right. movies. Oh God! Yeah, the old the old running naked down the street. The old running naked down the street. He's he is pulled over by the cops who he knows. So. Um, they just play they play it for laughs play it for laughs oh my uh yeah but Por porky's is a very problematic movie <laughs> and um i will say that there's a lot of from our list i saw a lot of themes of uh, like ted was saying casual drug use casual nudity uh blurring the lines of appropriate sexual relationships uh racism sexism that's the big three, I think, for early 80s movies, right? Yeah. Yes, Porky's is definitely not one that you find anymore. Like, they don't replay it. Like, it's not, yeah, you that's know, true. You like, don't see it on, on TV. any sort of, like, HBO, you know what I mean? Like, you don't, you don't get it. Like, you don't see it any, anywhere. You know, you have to see it. You know, the way you do, like, Animal House or, yeah, that's you know. That's true. It's funny, yeah. though. Sometimes those things can be because, like, there's issues with the music clearance and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot. Like yeah. that's why you never see um, a movie that I go back to Bogdanovich. Mask is never on anywhere, and that's because it. I almost uh, put what mask a great on movie. But that's, and meanwhile, speaking of Mask, Gary from Fast Times right plays Rocky's buddy who's supposed to take the motorcycle trip across yeah. Europe with him. That's right, Gary. But I think that Bob yeah. Seger. They had, a, there was an issue with the music rights with Bob Seger. And so that movie has like disappeared and, uh, which is a real, I mean, I think you can buy it, but I don't know. All right. Well, we, we rest our case. There's our five. Uh, that's a really good five, five, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah, and we'll ours is, ours is incredibly disturbing and so <laughs> is yours, but just in different ways. But we we right. don't know your fifth one. Oh, wait, what is our final one? Hold on. Yeah. And let me say, I think ours is also disturbing, again, <laughs> because when you look back at these movies, you're like, wow, these were all seen as kind of lighthearted comedies, but really they have a lot of problems. That's true. Wow. Ours are at least known to be, yes. you know, while critical darlings, you know, uh, d disturbing for, for cinematic integrity. Yeah. What's our last one? Oh, our last one is The Shining. Oh, which is, I think that's everybody can, you know, put that on. The You've list seen The Shining, somewhere. haven't you, Chrissy? Yes, I have okay. seen The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think could be a horror, but. Yes. I don't know. I think I'd consider it more of like a psychological thriller. I might put it more in the psychological thriller category. This is one that I would just like, again, like we, we had it 
and like we owned a lot and we would tape a lot like off of mm-hmm. tv too like we had a lot of blank like you know that we would like tape movies off of so we had like copies of everything either we got them from the video store um or would tape them so a lot of these we would watch i would watch or we would watch a lot just because i owned them like yeah. i didn't have to go rent them every time it's just like we had them in the house but um this was a big one for like i would just pop it in ran like no matter what like just you're bored let's watch the shining <laughs> you know like what do you want to do yeah, like, oh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Let's just watch The Shining. Either Grease 2. Is <laughs> no. it going to be Grease 2? Spinal Tap or The Shining? Or The Shining. Like, what are you, what are you in the Spin- mood for? Spinal Tap. Yeah. Spinal Tap's one we oh. can definitely all agree on. I uh, I always, you know, Scatman Crothers. I always wondered, like, the randomness of Scatman Crothers being in a Stanley Kubrick movie. Like, yeah. what must those conversations have been like? And it just spawns so many, you know, I, I think that it's a movie that, I think it could be on anybody's list for any number of reasons. And obviously like either like I saw it when I was really young or I took a film class in college over it, whatever. It just, it's, it's just, it's that good and that interesting and that there's, you know, documentaries about it and, and, and the, the symbolism and things and conspiracies about yeah. moon landings and, you know, but when I was, you know, seven, it was just the best movie ever, you know? Um, and those twins, holy shit. I grew up in a house where, like in a, we had a really long hallway. Like all the rooms were like, it was like a long hallway. And if you, the bathroom was at the end and there was one room at the end and there was doors in between. And sometimes when I would open the bathroom door, I'd be really scared that the two girls would be standing at the end of the hallway. Like um, sometimes they'd be scared to go in the bathroom that that lady would come out of the shower, like out of the tub. Like that shit scared me. Time, all the time those twins holy shit <laughs> that's they're still yeah. scary and what's funny is like they're you know only in their 50s at this point like they're thriving like they're like normal ladies in england <laughs> you know it's funny yeah 1980 was the shining yeah 1980 yeah well, for once, Chrissy, I think we went more highbrow. That's a first. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. The, I think the hallmark of the early 80s movie is the raunch. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. I think that I think that Anne and Stevie also went for, like, movies that they might have seen, but didn't, didn't you know, they could have been made at any time also, you know. That, that was yeah. another thing. You know, so it was, uh, you know, they weren't necessarily, you know, all these weren't necessarily in that time frame, which I think was good. You know, we could, we could, we could have gone that direction as well. But Chrissy and I were never, you know, I think we were too busy watching sitcoms. Yeah. Oh, we did that too. <laughs> oh, we did that too. <laughs> Trust me. And we plus, you guys too. had the difference of being friends who were doing things, you know, you know, together. Also, I think that that's a different thing than than sort of siblings that are sort of trying to find common ground all along. Yeah, like let's agree on something. Probably, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, um, which that's even sadder. This is what we hear. <laughs> well, <laughs> you're like, fine. Last American version, it is. Oh my god, <laughs> too funny. Now, Ian, you said you had an honorable mention. Oh yeah, what was our honorable mention? Oh, I think it was Scarface, which yeah. I don't know if Steve. Which is a very funny story. Which I don't know if Stevie wants to tell it or if you want me to tell it. I wasn't even um, there. 
And I mean, I was little, so I guess, I don't know. It's kind of a weird story. Okay, so I guess like it was the middle of the day. It was probably like, it was. I guess it was summertime because we were going to go on vacation. Right? I think so. Yeah, like, it, it definitely was, was during yeah. the daytime. And so I was probably, seven. I don't know, what do you think? Like seven or eight, maybe. I don't know. Maybe anywhere, any, any, anywhere before probably like 10. And um, I guess we were hanging out watching Scarface. Like it was like me, my dad, and um, my uncle, who was just a couple years older than me. So if I was like, he was probably 14, yeah. right? He was, yeah. Sam, so he was probably about 14. I was probably like a little younger than that. And uh, my mom pulls in the driveway <laughs> And my dad starts screaming, we got to turn this off. We got to, it's like the part, part where they're, you know, they're, they're beating him. I thought, I thought it was and where they're going to, it's the guy who's getting um, tortured by the, by the chainsaw when they're in the bathroom. Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, it was a pivotal moment. Okay. You know, you've heard the story more recently <laughs> yeah. than me. I don't even remember the yeah, story. The, it's the guy great. was, the guy was being, you know, hung up in the shower where he's got his arms tied and is getting cut up by a chainsaw. Anyway, my mother had gone to go pick up my great grandmother so my mother's grandmother at the time because she we were taking her on vacation with us and my <laughs> nana dad was yelling at two kids to turn that movie off because nana's here and it would upset nana and she was a grown-up it's like quick turn this off nana's coming up she doesn't need to be seeing this <laughs> they're like i'm six right nana who'd probably <laughs> lived through the depression Nana had seen it all. Exactly. And, and Nana, saw, Nana saw humans be... dying on the street during the depression, but don't show her, yeah. don't show her uh, Al Pacino doing the Cuban accent. No. <laughs> I love that. I think it's so funny. It's like the kids are watching Scarface. God forbid Nana see it. You know, it's funny. I had written down, I didn't see that till later, but that was definitely a movie. Like if Porky's was sort of like the sex movie that had all the stuff scarface was definitely at that same era like the terrifyingly violent movie that that yeah. i would be afraid yeah. you know the exorcist was a great one for like the the scary movie out and uh and scarface being like the are you ready to step yeah. into like all the cursing and the and the gun violence and like the, like the gangster yeah, the chainsaw like the scene and another michelle pfeiffer, yeah, another michelle pfeiffer looking gorgeous like, big super yeah. cool that's a great yeah. movie though yeah. i mean i love that movie that's one of my favorite movies ever and that's that's 83 so that's also all in the same time period yeah, yeah. back when they made back when they made them real violent yeah. but also well well made exactly yeah that was a huge hit. that was like in college all of the boys you'd go in their room and they would have a post on Scarface and you'd be like, okay. okay. Well, that became a, that became a huge hip hop thing, right? Like all the, all the rappers loved Scarface because it yeah. was that, you know, come up movie that, you know, started from the bottom yeah, down here. Yeah, started from the bottom and got to the top. Yeah. And, uh, and they always had that, you know, that a lot of that, well, a lot of that imagery, like the world is mine, all that stuff like is inflected throughout all kinds of hip hop stuff. But when you said college yeah. guys in dorms, there used to always be a drinking game, drink every time somebody said, if somebody says the F word in uh, in Scarface, and that was like, well, you'd be drunk by the time the credits started. Rolling. I guess it was going to be how 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 big of a gulp did you take? You know, <laughs> it's like, you're just sipping like yeah, you're just sipping over there. You're not drinking. <laughs> All that pressure. You need a refill. Yeah. 
Um, and Ted, you had an honorable mention. I did. So there was a lot of, you know, there's a, there's a, there was a long potential list. Um, you know, I will mention like one thing that I think deserves a shout out. If we're talking about pure nudity, the, the naked, the naked breasts in airplane, I think was a, that was a big one for a lot of, that might be the first boob seen by a, lot, a generation of young people. That was, yeah. that was a big one. Um, was a, and completely unnecessary. Because you didn't see it coming. You didn't know that was Yeah, remember, because first the they show them in the shirt. It's like the plane's going down and they're showing these shaking boobs. And then the next, then a, then a few <laughs> crazy things happen. And then back there, there they are nude, you know, those, those Zucker brothers. Um, but. Airplane. Do you guys remember the skiing movie Hot Dog? Yeah. yeah so that was yes. also potential. But the one Chrissy, you know, Revenge of the Nerds, you know, a Kentucky Fried movie. Kentucky um, Fried you know, movie. There's all of these. But the one Chrissy I think really wanted me to mention was one she didn't expect to be on my list, which was Lady Chatterley's Lover. Oh. I was baffled that, that was a cinematic. Yes. Yeah, that's a spawned its own. That was talk about sequels. I mean, they they milked that one for all it was worth. But you know, it was obviously this. I mean, that's like a this D. H. Lawrence basically softcore book, right? It was kind of like an erotica book of its time, and they turned it into this period piece, basically softcore movie. Where, you know, they, I mean, it's, it's crazy to think of the money they spent on costumes. You know, everyone's having accents. You know, like. <laughs> Uh, you know these yeah so it's you know it's the it's the high class lady falling in love with the stable man you know and then the spin and then the spin-offs later were like her her distant relation going back to the manor house like sort of reliving reliving all of these memories and uh you know scene for scene pound for pound that really packed a lot in and uh it was a that was that was a classic like 1 a.m on the sleepover viewing um, yeah they classed it up when you're in a corset it makes it a little more classy. oh my god we used to, you know we used to have the lines down like with the with the you know the stable man of course had the irish brogue you know and he's like a man a man likes the woman that knows how to describe the body you know <laughs> <laughs> i haven't seen that in since i was yeah, in junior oh, high man. I loved it though. It would come on late at night. Uh, it was a good one. I, yeah, I sent Lady Chrissy Chatterley. my list. And she writes back, "You saw Lady Chatterley's Lover?" I was like, "Yeah, you don't know." It wasn't. It was no classy thing. I mean, it was classy for what I was looking for, but uh, you know, <laughs> it was no. It was no. It was no Merchant Ivory production. <laughs> well, that that's the unexpected bonus of doing this podcast is. You know, you grow up with someone, you think you know everything. We lived in the same house. Then you find out he had this whole other viewing happening. And of course, he told me which friend it was. I was like, well, that makes sense. But, um, you know, then you find out stuff. I thought we knew everything about our childhood that we shared together. I'm like, well, look at that. Ted had Ted had another uh, view, viewing party. Just like own. a marriage, <laughs> a sibling relationship requires mystery in order to uh, thrive. I was like, wow, I thought you we were going to have like very, he, and I never saw Hot Dog the movie. I don't know what, anyway. That I don't one know if I've ever seen it. I mean, I know I can see, it's like all of these movies we're talking about. You can see the movie box in your mind. I think I own the VHS of Kentucky. Oh, that's too. fun. Like it's in storage somewhere. Like Aaron, yeah, we have that somewhere. There was, um, I used to like stewardess <laughs> school. That was another like, <laughs> I believe Ralph Malf was Donnie in Most. Ralph Malf. <laughs> Donnie Most. Donnie Post was the star. Yeah, he was in that. Um, yeah, a hot, 
hot dog hot dog starred Shannon Tweed, who then went on to a to a legendary like Cinemax career. So Oh yeah. yeah, she's a lot. That was a form. Yeah, like like she was the Dorothy Stratton of uh, of Penthouse, I think. Yeah. Isn't Shannon Tweed? Is she, she's is yeah, she married? Or at to least what? Yeah. If not now, was one hundred percent good call. Yeah. They were. Yeah. yeah, they were together yeah. for like thirty years or Correct. something, like a really long time. Yeah, yeah. It was always Shannon Tweed or Audrey Landers. The Landers oh, sisters, yeah. great love boat guests. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. As like the sexy, big bosomed ladies. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. Landers. The Landers yeah. used to play that kind of bimbo role. Shannon Tweed was very like she could really act. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> real good. Yeah, come on, like, let's was not let's Audrey not put Shannon Judy? Tweed in the same category as the Landers. No, I was kidding. Who's the other Landers? Is Audrey no, and Judy? Like, hop, hop, oh, I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah, it's. Talk about the narcissism of small differences. Um, yes, she was Judy and Audrey, right? Judy and Audrey, yeah. yeah. Were they twins? I don't think they were twins. Because I picture one in my head and it could be Yeah, I don't me. think they were. I think they just were like close. I think they were close in age. I could be wrong. Yeah. Because I feel like then they would have been like the Landers twins to make it seem sexier. Like the Barbie yeah. twins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Remember the Barbie twins? And then the one took up with a uh, wise guy. Ken Stahl? Ken, Ken. Ken Wall. Ken Wall? Yeah. Why do I, I know, know that? I swear to God, I think what I can't remember literally what I did last week. I can tell you one of the Barbie twins was <laughs> in a serious relationship with wise guys, Ken Wall. <laughs> I don't know how to do simple algebra. Because we're 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 like archaeologists. Once you start digging, like it all it all starts to rise back up. And you're able to recall it. I, yeah, I think it's like '80s kids. You know what I mean? Like just it, it, and at that age, you just everything stays. I should have learned I languages. <laughs> I should have, he, he was married know. to her in 1997. Ken Wall. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Well, and as Anne knows, I still watch a lot of t uh, teenage rom-coms now. Sure still. do. I'm not ashamed to admit. And there is a big difference, though. They don't, you know, they don't, they no longer have the gratuitous nudity. nudity. They're really mostly about, they're not like, they don't really have any more, at least the ones that are sort of mainstream, they don't have the kind of like boys hijinks they're really more all told from the girl's point of view and they're all about these sort of fairy tale they're all they're all in the fairy tale kind of yeah they kind of stopped mm -hmm. those in the late 90s you know it's like like cruel intentions like that kind of era kind of yeah. happened and then that was kind of it yeah i don't i i disagree all the way up until like 2000 like seven eight they were still making like raunchy sex comedies like all the van wilders and like the national like oh yeah like american pie still, and stuff yeah still, yeah they're still still but they don't i don't remember i mean i've i've definitely seen at least two of the american pies but i don't remember them being as like i don't think tara reed or anybody's naked in that are they yeah what's her name is the um the exchange student that's the big like centerpiece scene where he's oh where Shannon they're all, yeah where they're all Shannon watching Elizabeth. it on the computer yeah. okay yeah i think she shows her which is bad yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they don't really I do that, that anymore. Or it's a different, like, you know, now, I mean, I guess the most recent would be like 
the hangover, but those are adult men. Like they're not like, you don't really see like teenage boys, you know, trying to lose their virginity yeah. or something yeah. like that. It's yeah. all. Yeah. Although that, that was American fun. pie. That's literally what that was about. Um, yeah. But yeah. But now yeah. I guess they do so, it on, right. You'd say they'd be well now. Well, but though now, right. You've got like, it's more serious, like something like, well, maybe not serious. What about like, not movies, but TV shows like Shane, like, um, what's the one that's on HBO with Zendaya? Euphoria. Euphoria or that one. You watch Sex Ed, right? Like, isn't that, wasn't that one also? Oh, I love Sex Ed. Yeah, yeah. so I just think there's, it's, 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 it's out there. It's, but it's not as much the movies. Like, the movies are really more of the, like, you know, the, they follow more of the fairy tale, like the girl who gets the hot guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think if you can't, you know, I mean, right. The cliche about movies now is if it's not going to play in China, then you can't make it. Right. So like they don't even, they don't even make that. They don't yeah, even make so. it anymore. You know? No, no. I mean, listen, I'm not lamenting the loss of the, the this, as we talked about many themes, but it, it is interesting how it's evolved over Although, time. Have we? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to 100% tonight watch Blame It on Rio. I mean, that goes without saying. And you're going to be outraged. I, that, that is, that's the, like, my one takeaway from this is that, not my one take, but, like, the one thing that I'm, like, how do I not, I thought I knew a lot, like, I don't know how this one, things escape me <laughs> yeah. in life. And how did we miss that one? Because that would have so, been, like, yeah, that would have been. That would have been, that would have been yeah. one of ours had known, like, had we seen it, that definitely would have been one of ours had we, had yes. we known it or seen yes. it, um, for sure, like, for sure. Um, I don't know, especially given the cast, like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how, how, oh that, got, how that got passed. Well, but. I think like, like they used to do on Love Connection, like after you guys watch it, you need to come back on and have a, and, and, re, and have a, have a quick little recap of what, what your takeaways were. I think so. I mean, I, I hate to say it. I have a feeling I'm going to a, obviously find it disturbing, but probably really enjoy it. I will. <laughs> can you not I mean, it's michael kane yeah right i have to say like unlike my father the hero where i did find some parts funny this this one there was like one part that was sort of humorous but the rest of it was not i don't even think it was really supposed to be that much of a comedy i don't even know what it was supposed to be <laughs> is the it's, father okay with the fact that his his good friend is having sex with his daughter no, that that's okay. at the end. He finds he finally okay. finds it out at the end. All right. Well, that's good at least. I thought you were gonna. He'd be like, well, you know, Rio. No, 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 no. He is not okay. With it. Where's not where's the spoiler story. alert warning? Come on. Well, <laughs> if, you know what? If you haven't watched it in the past thirty five years, then yeah, you just ruined the whole yeah. thing. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now they're not gonna watch no. it. No. Um, oh, it's yeah. It's something. It is something. Um, all right, Anne, I think that wraps it up for us this week. I, I mean, what a jam-packed episode. <laughs> so much. I don't, even, I don't even know how you're going to fit this in an Instagram post, Anne. There's a lot to talk I about. I might have to do two posts. Two posts. You could do our list and then your list. Highbrow, yeah. lowbrow. I mean, equally wow. disturbing. <laughs> exactly. You know, for, for, the, for the age group, but. That's yeah. right. Um, all right. And so as we always say, please follow us on Instagram. That's outrageous podcast and yeah. a fantastic job with that. And tell your friends. 
Oh, let me just say, after Anne was berating everyone last week about putting in a, putting in a comment, I did some deep diving. We, I think it's only people who have Apple Music that can put in a comment, not to dissuade anybody. That means go get yourself an account of Apple Music. <laughs> yeah, you got to star, you got to star it and rate it. That's how you start moving yeah, up the ranks. Then, then cancel your Apple Music. Just sign up briefly and then cut, cancel it. That's right. We need more reviews, more reviews. That's right. I know, I know somewhat one of you at least out there has Apple music. Yes. I can do yes. it. Yes. And I did my part this week by putting a review on Anne loves this, the AAA website. That's where I got. She goes, I put, I, <laughs> I, I was on the AAA website, which I didn't even touch that as to why you were on the AAA website, but they were talking about podcasts and I had to make a comment. I'm like, well, get ready. Hold on to your hat. It's going to shoot through the roof. Right. People in cars. Looking for a Holiday Inn discount? Dude, you do get a lot of discounts at AAA, I gotta say. You do. You do. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a plug for AAA. It is worth its weight in gold. I, I think I use it at least once a year. Yeah, it's worth it. I love yeah. AAA. It's worth it just to have if you need a flat tire. That's it. It makes me feel yeah. good. I agree. Like, no. I agree. Like, <laughs> car battery dead? They'll come right out. It's true. Yeah. You're, wel you're welcome, AAA. That's right. This is not a paid ad. I know how to change a tire, but if AAA is going to come out and do it. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, please leave a review. That's outrageous. That's right. And AAA. And AAA. Yeah, they're both great. <laughs> yeah, we got room for everybody here. All right. Well, thank you to Ted and Stevie. Thank you, guys. Yes, thank you, Stevie. Thank you, Ted. Great to meet you guys. Likewise, nice likewise. Nice to see you again. Thank you so much. Chrissy, are we staying on to wrap it up? I don't know that we have to wrap it up. I think we're done, no? <laughs> I, I just want that to be the ending. I want the ending to be you going, we don't, we don't need to wrap it up. This is it. <laughs> I'll find you